I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome to Season 3 of Queer I Am, the podcast, live and unscripted. I am so excited to share this with you. The podcast has been recorded over eight weeks in front of a live audience at Arco Baleno, an inclusive queer space in the heart of Kemp Town, Brighton. I am so proud to be partnering with Arco Baleno and cannot thank Luciana, Nick and the whole team there enough for their support and generosity in the making of this season of the podcast. If you haven't been there before, please check it out. Not only do they have an incredible Maltese menu for you to explore, but they also have a range of cocktails, drinks and a regular schedule of entertainment for you to enjoy. The podcast is also being supported by their production company, Across Rainbows Productions, and Film for YouTube. So if you didn't get to come to one of the live shows, you can find these videos at your leisure on the Across Rainbows YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe, give the videos a like, and leave any comments you may have. We also had several authors participate in the shows, and Kemptown Bookshop were on hand to sell signed books by the authors. You can check out this beautiful bookshop in the heart of Brighton, but make sure you take your credit card because you will not leave empty-handed. The shows feature a panel of guests where we'll be talking all things queer and an audience Q&A too, an opportunity for everyone to get involved in the conversation. In this episode, we'll be discussing queer community and allyship. The show features inclusive rugby player and manager, Paul Tyndall, broadcast journalist and author, Daniel John Harding, and performer Johnny Salters Monroe, aka Cherry Bomb. I hope you enjoy the show. So whatever you're up to, this is your time to settle down, relax and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Queer I Am. So welcome everyone to episode eight of Queer Around the Podcast Live and Unscripted. This is the last show of the season. So thank you all very much for coming. Small audience, but very intimate. And um, oh yeah, round of applause. Thank you. Um, today we're talking about community and allyship. And before I have any more beers and shots, I did want to say some thank yous because this has been an amazing eight weeks. Um, we've had eight topics, uh, 30 guests, film for YouTube, um, it's been pretty awesome. Nick and I have been planning this since January, so to kind of come to the end of it now, 
feels like a slight relief because we can now relax. Um, but it has been absolutely incredible. So just want to say a big thank you to all the guests that appeared on the show, everyone for coming out and watching the shows and contributing in the audience Q&A. A massive thank you to Luciana and to Nick and the whole team here at Arco Beleno. Um, I, don't, I don't know anywhere else in Brighton that has had a live podcast this year. I don't know if anyone else has or will be having one. So kind of feel like we've done something very different on the scene, which has been really, really amazing. And um, it's been an absolute pleasure. And it's definitely kept me motivated. And thank you, darling. I'll take, shall I come and take them? You can serve them if you want. <laughs> there you go. My ass in the camera. You um, shouldn't have. Yeah, it's been a great eight weeks and it's definitely been just an, a real passion project. So just thank you everyone for your support and um, and big thank you to Nick and to Tom who's been recording. And um, yeah, so this is the last topic. So we have some incredible, incredible guests here tonight. Um, we do have one absentee though, I'm afraid, because um, we're supposed to have Jacob Bayliss from LGBT Switchable Brighton, but they had either a tummy bug or food poisoning. They did offer to come, but I was like, we don't want the shit, so let's just not. So they hopefully will be able to speak to us again in the future. Um, but that was it's a shame because it would have been a real interesting conversation about the community. But we do have some incredible guests here, which I'm very, very excited to speak to. So please give a massive round of applause for Daniel Harding, author of Gay Man Talking, All the Conversations We Never Had. Hello. The fabulous, gorgeous Cherry Bomb... <laughs> And the beautiful Paul Tyndall representing the Brighton and Hove Sea Serpents. Um, so I'm going to go straight into it, as we do on every... I thought I'm going to mix this up for the next season, actually, because I've done this for the last three seasons. So I might ask for your favourite Downton Abbey character next season, I don't know. But this one is Song of the Moment. So I want to know... I did this with you, I think, last year. We did, yeah. If you had a song to reflect your mood right now, Little Icebreaker, what would your song be? And if you want to give us a little number, Terry, you're more than welcome to. I mean, you're in full drag, so, you know, you can do it. Absolutely not. <laughs> but I'll answer your question. Answer my question, please. Mine is groundbreaking. It's Padam. <laughs> but my version, which is called Bottom, and you'll have to come to a show of mine to hear it. Yes, Bottom, bottom. Feels like that. <laughs> Amazing. Groundbreaking. Release it. I mean, is, does everyone like Padam? Hands up. Oh, no one likes. Have you heard the uh, cum dump version? I have. Manila Luzon, isn't it? Yeah, mine's better. Cum dump. Can, can you all hear? I couldn't hear um, Daniel. Can you all hear Daniel? Hello, hello, hello. You can. You yeah. made me the loudest, which is correct. Can you just turn Daniel up a little bit for me, Nick? Is that all right? This one? <laughs> Is there a number at the bottom? No number. On the Four. 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 I'm partially deaf, so I need to have a loud microphone. So sorry to everyone else if it hurts your ears, but I can't hear if not. Sorry, I'll repeat. Come I'm dump? Come like, dump, yes. Come <laughs> dump? I haven't heard come dump. Is it, is it a good version or...? You should listen to it. Just listen. Mm, interesting. Okay, okay, cool. What would your song be, Daniel? Uh, it would be Give a Little Love, um, which I'm not sure actually who sings it, but it's out right now, I Is think. Is it the Leanne so. Pittick one from Little Mix? No. 
But that's good as well. Yeah, that's a good tune. I'm quite pleased with that one. Not that I write it, but it's a good song. I'm going to... I'm going to change mine because I do realise that the last one was basic and was mostly me plugging my version. Um, my, <laughs> my song of the moment is um, Lipstick Lover by Janelle Monet. Have you seen it? Have you seen the video? Oh, the video, yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, amazing. Yeah. Paul, good. what would yours be? So, I'm still a little bit obsessed with Eurovision. So, mine's going to be Cha 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 by the Finnish person. I'm not going to try and pronounce their name because I'll get it wrong. But it's been in my head non-stop amazing how long ago was Eurovision like five weeks yeah that's like a hook that's yes got in I think head. so it was like yeah. two breakdowns ago for me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> amazing cool so we are talking about community and allyship today um, and like, I've got some prompts this is a bit unscripted so I want you guys to be as free as you want to be and we'll also have an audience Q&A at the end so people can ask questions so if you had to talk about community and allyship, what would you say it means to you personally? Oh, and everyone's deep in thought. Go, you go, you go. Should we, oh, by the way, should we have our shot first? And then do yes, it. Yes, absolutely. Yes, that will Perfect. Help. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. 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 Up the bum, no babies. That will help your throat. Or take the skin off it. Nice. What's in it? Alcohol. Cum dump. Cum dump. <laughs> the juices of Brighton after the drag queens have been on. The semen of a righteous man. <laughs> it was so, familiar. community allyship, what would it mean to you all? Paul, what were you going to say? Um, it means a lot to me. So, obviously, I can only talk about my experiences um, from my point of view, but uh, being in an inclusive rugby team, uh, community and allyship, uh, well, that's exactly what we're trying to build uh, as a team. Um we have a mixture of people, uh, straight, gay, non-binary, uh, trans, we have everyone. And uh, it's built a lot of bridges for me uh, so I can grow and understand people better um, for the seven years that we've been going. Um, but also being able to reach out to the community locally and also internationally. Um, so really build something greater than just a bar in Brighton watching a drag queen, no offence. That's also good. None taken, I'm fabulous. Indeed. I'm sure you could get into a good scrum as well. Get into a good what? Scrum. Rugby scrum. Oh, yes. yes. Sports term. Go it? sports. <laughs> Yay. Ball games. <laughs> rugby. It's actually quite triggering for me, rugby. Not your kind. My school kind. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm like that with sport. Yeah, yeah. But yours sounds wonderful. Well, that's amazing. And that's, that's really great. That, I mean, we've talked about this last year when, when I interviewed you before. and you Season are, two. Season two. And you are all doing such good work. And I think you've built a real kind of community within the rugby space as well, which is amazing. And very proactive with trans rights and sticking up for trans siblings around sports. So I think that's, that's a really positive thing to, to see, especially when there's so much criticism in the media and so much shit out there, basically, talking absolute rubbish you know let trans people play sport let trans people live yeah absolutely absolutely round of applause what about you cherry yeah i think because i'm um, obviously i knew what we were going to be talking about and i think that there is the kind of obvious sense of community in brighton there is there is kind of it has its ups and downs but it is a real i mean being queer in general you 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 kind of have the a lot of us have the trauma but then we also have the the kind of joy of having families that are extended beyond our our families that 
probably aren't quite what we need as a support network. So um, there's that there's that kind of side of it. But for me, thinking about like how to be the best ally, because there's there's often this thing of kind of allyship from the outside of the community so straight allies and that kind of thing and it's actually a lot more to do with how do we become better allies for each other for our trans siblings um and for and just you know there's a lot that we can do and there's a lot we need to educate ourselves on because we only have like you say our lived experience we only have our point of view i think for me i love the fact that i'm queer i love the fact that you know i'm gender non-conforming i've got these points of view that i think it gives me a, 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 the ability to empathise with a lot, a, a group of people who, you know, we need to empathise with and we need to speak about. Um, but the main thing for me is you need to always be learning and changing and kind of understanding our community as much as anyone from the outside because we'll probably speak about it a bit later, but, like, the idea of us infighting, the idea of us not standing up for each other, the idea of us being exclusionary in any sense of the word is just, to me... Incredulous! It's it's like we we benefit from the community that we have and from our from our family of queer people to have people within that to say you don't deserve this or that's too much or that's something that should be protected by. It's just to me, it's not it's not right. It's come up a lot actually on the season. I think we've had this. This has come up probably on most episodes, and it's about getting our own house in order and really supporting our, our our own people and i think we will definitely come on to outside allyship and also i want to talk about celebrity allyship as well because i'm very much on the fence about celebrity allyship and what that means but let's come to you daniel what i agree <laughs> i think it starts with us and um in our community we are we shame each other all the time we judge each other so we need to obviously respect each other and be allies to each other um, and all the different letters and not fight um but i also think for me it's about feeling comfortable um, and i think an ally outside the community regardless if they're putting a flag up they're opening their doors are welcoming that for us makes us feel comfortable in that space and it's so important and i think these people that are saying oh you don't need a flag you don't need this you don't need to rub it in our face that is an area that we're going to go to because we're going to feel comfortable in that space. And I know so many people, um, trans, other people in the community, that don't feel comfortable if they don't see that sort of signal that is an acceptance that say, come on in. Um, so for, ally, for me, allyship is finding that comfort and finding an ally that's going to speak up and support. A safe space. Exactly. And lots of people come into our spaces and... You know, I've had a number of conversations in the smoking area at the Queen's Arms with people that basically, <laughs> yeah, we probably all have, and they just, oh, and yes. they just simply aren't allies, and they say the most inappropriate things, and but it's okay because I, you know, I love gay people, I love this, you know, but then they ask you like a really awful, awful question, and you know, our spaces are sacred, and actually we can't just walk into a Weatherspoons or a wherever and just feel completely ourselves we have to filter ourselves so you're completely right but um we have to then protect our own spaces as well i think would you all agree i mean i'm really interested to know obviously you perform drag and i know that you perform in different venues are there any venues you go to where you think okay i'm not sure how this is going to go down i, I mean you perform in the george street tap don't you 
Yeah. What? Yes. I mean. All right. No, 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 no. But like, but it's when a I saw, very safe space, the George Street Tap. But when no, I, I know what you mean. But it's, when I saw you in there, I mean, it's very, for it me, is. it's a very footbally type pub. I was a bit kind of, and I don't know if I maybe have a preconception there, but it is. It's. I mean, it's run by um, lesbians, so it is. I mean, and they've got a very queer staff. Um, but it is opposite Witherspoons. No longer R.I.P. Witherspoons George Street. Um, R.I.P. Has it shut? Yeah. Oh, you used to get cheap. They're making they're going to be doing a lovely little kind of bougie, bougie place, place there instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, back to my point. Um, yeah. I, uh, George Street, yeah, I mean, no, yes. To answer your question, I have been in venues where I don't particularly, I, I kind of am wary about how it's going to run. And private gigs as well. Because whenever you go into those kind of private gigs, you are going in with a certain sense of intrepidation. A birthday party for Mike. Um, <laughs> and is <have> it... <laughs> <laughs> have you had any bad experiences? I mean, no, I've been really okay. lucky, actually. I've been really lucky. Um, I mean, I've only been doing it for two years, but the, or two and a half, but the, the gigs I've, oh, I've done have always felt safe. And I don't know whether that's... I think part of it, you sort of mentioned there about like us having to filter, sell, filter ourselves and edit ourselves, and I, I think I definitely do that. And I think mm-hmm. um, the last couple of years has, has kind of made me stop doing that a bit mm-hmm. because... I can't afford to just because of my mental health and stuff. I don't, yeah. I think that I've, I've kind of, there's this thing of that masking, we mask certain sides of ourselves. And actually Cherry doing this has, has kind of opened up a lot of that for me, okay. that kind of shame, that kind of masking, that kind of side of things. Um, and actually my first attempt is to go in as my full self and then sort of read the room, see what's happening. And then, and I think also there's the fact, I think a lot of queer people have this where you, if you grew up in not the most, I did, I was lucky I grew up in, in kind of a quite liberal family, but you do spot the problems in the room. You spot the what might be an issue. You spot what might be a, a temperamental kind of thing in the room that might attack you. And I have, I mean, I did, I did a gig in Eastbourne before with Charlie Black. Never again. No, I am booked, actually. Um, <laughs> but a woman literally came up to me with a shroud to try and cover me. And I will say this, I was wearing a very slim red PVC bodysuit at the time that wasn't leaving much to the imagination. Um, but she did. She came up onto the stage mid-song and she had this kind of smile on her face as she was doing it, which was really, really kind of freaky, and tried to cover me up. Wow! No, it was really weird. She got it. She got it over me, and I was like, "Wow!" Why are you doing this? We got yeah, we got a rock show. I just kind of yeah. So there is there are those things where I think that was the only moment I've ever had in drag where I felt a little bit unsafe because she kind of coming from the point of view this woman who's coming towards you. It's that feeling of you don't know until it happens, but when someone comes into your personal space and are right there, you're like, "Wow!" And you're in front of a, a ton of people and you don't really know what to do. So luckily, the security got. Took her off, and I guess we all have that fight and flight, don't we? So we don't know quite now how we're going to rela- react in those situations. Well, luckily, thankfully, I didn't punch her in the face. That yeah. would have, that definitely would have made. Although I might have gone viral. That would have been, yeah, that yeah. would have been good. Yeah, amazing. What about you guys? Have you been in queer spaces where you've had to filter yourself, or do you always feel comfortable when you go into a queer space? Do you feel that you have allies and people there that are there to have your back and support you? I don't know if outside on this street is necessarily a queer space, but Kemptown obviously has like probably the most accepting community or, or for us, uh, hence why I live here. But um, once I was walking my dog with my partner and uh, this woman came past us and flicked holy water on us both. Um, <laughs> right? 
Um, is it definitely holy water? <laughs> it smelled. It smelled delicious. To be fair, and then I was like, okay, so I can go from zero to a hundred very quickly, especially if I feel threatened. And I'm from a very rough town, and I literally was like, "Thank you, Harry." Um, I was like, "What the fuck was that?" And she, <laughs> I mean, she was. A, a lady in her 30s 40s she's like oh it's just help and I was like but you flipped me with something and then she ran away and uh, later on it's, I looked it up and yeah apparently it was like holy water spraying the gaze down and that's in a very queer accepting space which is literally just outside of here um, that's probably my most recent like that's thing so that's happened I know but I was living I was like spray me honey <laughs> yeah, rain yeah. on me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what about you Dan? I mean Soho in London obviously seems to be so inclusive, but actually, I don't know if many people have been recently, it is full of heterosexual men and women right now. And in the queer spaces, which is fine, welcome. um, But in the queer spaces, a lot of people are feeling intimidated by that. And there's certain bars, clubs that feel, even actually G.O.Y. Heaven um, is being filled with straight people. because they're going in on money and stuff. And my friend uh, two weeks ago got, um, I don't know if you call it this still, but queer bashed, I guess, and um, beaten up and was in hospital after. Um, and it was by a, a straight person who was in one of our clubs. So I think it's really interesting right now because I think that we should feel safe in these spaces. And obviously these are our spaces, but... I think that it's not just our community that makes us feel unsafe sometimes if we're not supporting each other. It's actually people coming into those spaces and causing an issue. And did um, anyone do anything in there to support them? No. I mean, it was really, really bad. Awful. And actually, I don't know what you think about police, but um, when the police came, it was very much the blame was put on my friend for um, being a bit mouthy, which he is. Um, but um, But no one deserves that. Exactly. And you do need to, like, we need to support each other and... I think in London, especially right now, there is in our community, unfortunately, a lot of people coming into our space and causing trouble, um, which is fine, come in, but obviously. Well, it's kind of on the, the venues, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you know, there's some venues here where there's loads of hen parties and stag. I've stood at the bar in the Queen's Arms before. I'm sorry, I feel like I'm really like, like bashing the Queen's Arms. I'm not, I love it. Though. What is the Queen's Arms? We'll go in tonight for karaoke, you'll see. Um, but, um... <laughs> that sounded like a threat. <laughs> but I've, You'll see. I've, I've, stood, <laughs> I've stood at the bar and there was a stag do and this guy, I don't know who I was with, maybe I was, was I with you? There was a guy maybe. basically standing there and he just was trying to get a rise out of me and other people. Oh, no. Rise, not, not a literal rise. Um... But I felt really intimidated and to the point where I actually had to move. And I thought, wow, I'm here having a drink. It's Saturday night. I don't know how this is going to go. I mean, are they trying to, you know, test people? And then if someone does come onto them, they're then, you know, beaten up or you you just don't know. And actually, I think there's an ownership on the people that, sorry, accountability on the people that own the venues to police this stuff and make sure that the people that really want to be there are safe. That. I mean, your friend going through that is just horrendous. I also think it's really important to say it's not just straight men doing it because I've heard a lot about drag brunches, actually, and lots of um, straight females on Hindus and stuff have been quite rude and horrible. So I think it's really important not to just single out. Yeah, and and I think the point, point, yeah, I I mean, absolutely. Because I think my experience has been usually whenever, 
assuming they're straight, straight men are at my gigs or brunches or whatever, they're usually quite well behaved knowing where they are, knowing what they're there for, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, there have been, the only times I've really had, I mean, my husband was with me during um, a brunch I was doing and was groped by a woman from behind him because a joke was made during the gig and she felt that it was appropriate to grab his crotch and quite firmly and not let go. Um, and I mean, I know he's cute, but um, but there is, no, there is that thing, and you're, you're totally right, that the behavior whenever there is a group of people uh, and it's not to say just straight, although I guess if it is that kind of energy and that kind of vibe, it is that thing. And um, and yeah, that, so that's the only thing we've really experienced. But it is right. I think there is, we have to be careful in our language as well of kind of that high, because I, I hate the idea of the kind of straight and then everyone else. It's kind of, I, I, everything is a spectrum. I mean, everyone is on their own journey of their sexuality and things. So I think it's quite it's quite damaging sometimes just to keep it as straight. And there are some places we have to, and there's some, obviously there's some things that are important, but um, I think that there is this thing where there's a lot of straight cis men who think that they are, you know, hated by the, the community. They're hated in general. And it's not, it's obviously not the case. It's, it's talked about a lot because unfortunately they are the, the ones who, who are usually the, the, um, the people who cause a lot of the harm or who have caused a lot of the harm. But for me, I've got open eyes, open heart. And until you've seen something that is wrong, and like I say, I try to, I try to see if something's going to go wrong in a space. Even if I'm doing a gig and there's something happening, I'll, I'll try to alleviate or stop or, or point it out. But um, I think there is that thing of we have to be careful not to villainize and not to... We don't want to straight really bash. Hard. <laughs> not, I'll straight bash. Um, no, but... <laughs> but the thing is, though, I think, you know, there are some amazing allies out there. And, you know, I've met a lot of them who I meet in queer spaces who are straight and are really lovely people. But unfortunately, it's the other people that, like, your friend, that situation, which makes us all tap into old trauma and become more guarded. And that's what, does, yeah. you know, we have to kind of eradicate. I think my point is that we're kind of, there is that you have to be careful not to create the atmosphere of victim. Like we are, we are not victims. We are not, you know, we, we the whole idea of kind of coming into our spaces and things, they're shared spaces and we are, we are promoting our kind of queer artistry, our queer experience, or we're sharing. For me, the best way is to talk to people and to share your story and, and the best allyship, I think, is whenever you sit down and speak to someone, ask them their story, ask them questions and listen. And it's, that's, that's whenever you find the most connections and the most, a lot of the times you've got more in common than, be respectful. than you don't. Respectful be respectful conversations. Paul, what do you think makes a good ally? What makes a good ally? So I, I have two examples um, and one very, very recently. So uh, my brother-in-law, uh, Josh, who is a wonderful person uh, who lives in Cardiff. And uh, yes, he has three gay brothers, but is an ally through and through. So maybe that's because of the, the experience of growing up in that household. But he went to Cardiff Pride by himself with his dog, dressed in all the rainbow flags and was just there to celebrate all the culture. And every time that I've been around him, every time that I've been with him, it's just the most amazing, like, accepting person who, you know what, might not understand everything, but will always 
ask questions in the right way, understands it, and also just kind of gets on with it and just embraces it. And I think that's what a real ally is. And then someone who champions on top of it. My other example is of an ally to me is... Um, so, again, I'm talking from my rugby experience. Um, a gentleman named Dan, who is straight with four kids, um, who I could probably consider as like my best friend within the rugby team, um, came in completely blind to the inclusive side of things. I've known him for about five years, and I've never met someone who's just like really wants to be involved and then has also protected us in those situations where things have gone wrong. Um, cause it has happened when we've all been out in, in queer spaces, especially as a, a big rugby team. And he's the first one to say, actually, no, that's wrong. This is, this is what needs to be done, said, corrected, whatever. Um, and doesn't feel embarrassed to do so. I hate, I hate half an ally. Don't be half an ally, be the full ally or just fuck off. Um, I, I can't, I can't, I can't deal with, um, this happened the other week. Um, oh, I love the gays, but I just don't get the non-binary thing. I'm like, fuck off. It, yeah. It's like, you don't, don't give me half. Don't give me half-baked. Just give me your understanding, your time. I'll talk to you about it. And if you want to learn, but also do your own research. Well, even if you don't, yeah, and even if you don't know or understand it, just be open to listening. Ask yes. questions. Be respectful. Yes. And, um, you know, don't ask that person, well, what about this? Yeah. What happens if this happens? Just listen. Um, some people are more tolerant than others. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I cannot be sometimes, uh, especially I feel t- some type of way about something. But um, yeah, you, 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 you do need to, if you're going to come into our spaces, just, just listen and accept sometimes and just embrace. Embrace and be open to it all. Yes. Absolutely. Because we are a little different and that's what makes us amazing. It makes us beautiful. Amen. Yeah. What about you, Daniel? I think it's about also um, accepting that people make mistakes. And um, if people are willing to learn, ask questions like you were saying. And actually, because I have lots of friends who um, you could label um, or have mislabeled and loads of people mislabel them. Um, And if they are met with questions and apologies and interest in engaging and learning actually okay sorry what's the what's the correct way what's the correct term then those people yeah they made mistakes but they're willing to be an ally and actually learn about that and I think it's about educating asking questions making mistakes but learning from them and I think that makes a really good ally because they're actually showing willing and I think that's something that shows support absolutely anything to add Jerry yeah I mean for me it's kind of I said before about it, all of us being allies, and I think that, um, like you said, don't be half an ally. I don't think there, I don't think that exists. I think you, that to me screams as someone who's interested in almost a perverse way in your way of life, um, but but doesn't want. And I've had that, but there's there's a lot, there's a lot. Um, can work out sometimes. Um, there's there's kind of a lot to be said for people who. I mean. It, if you are going to be an ally, like you said, you need to ask questions, you need to understand their life, you need to, you know, educate yourself, I'd say, first. And for me, I've spent a lot of time, because I'm that kind of person, I need to, I need to like, um, if something kind of um, sparks my interest, or if there's something that I don't understand, or I question my own 
position on it, I'll go and read as much as I can about it, learn about it. And that's that's because I want to understand more. And I think that if everyone just had that attitude of wanting to understand more, because for me, I'm on my own kind of journey of the non-binary, um, non-gender conforming thing. And it it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot for people to kind of understand whether they belong, whether they're part of it. I think there's a lot of the community that don't necessarily know where they sit and that's okay. Like you change, you grow. And my advice is always to, you know, embrace the change learn keep learning keep supporting and as long as every every intention you have is to support then and to lift up other people's voices then that's that's fine i've got a, an example of a, of someone who has been a great ally recently someone who i did a photo shoot with um a straight photographer and he spoke to me about this we're, we're, we're maybe working on a project together and i sort of we were talking about what is um interest or inspiration for it was and he was very honest about the fact that he said I kind of had a moment a few a couple of years back where I felt I felt my years I felt like an old man because I was hearing about pronouns and I didn't understand it Mm -hmm. and he said it was kind of the first time I thought wow I don't I don't really know what's going on I don't know what that is so what he did was he went bought a load of queer books read a load of queer history learned all about it got really into drag and into gender non-conforming art forms and now wants to do a project about it and wants to really... And, and it's from a really genuine place of interest from outside of the community, but it's, it's also someone who's very interested in, in a genuine way. Well, I had the same thing, actually, with Julian, who produces the podcast, because Julian is a straight man. You've met Julian. He's beautiful. He's, you know, such a lo- lovely person. And he generally loves this podcast. Like, he listens to it. He goes, that was great. I love that conversation. I enjoyed this part. And he gives great feedback. And it's... I don't know, he's, you know, it's something that's opened up his world. And I'm, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn by saying that, but actually he deals with a lot of musicians. He, you know, that's his background. Podcasting and audiobooks and stuff is something he taps into, but it's not his day-to-day. And he's been such an ally. And I think that's really important for me because when I go into the studio with, with you guys and we, we talk about stuff, I want to make sure that everyone feels really, really comfortable. Um, it's so important. And also to, to talk about things that are really candid as well. You know, I don't want us to filter ourselves in a, in a conversation. So to have someone who is an ally and so open-minded, I think is, is a great thing. So I think that's a, a, a you know, testament to that guy. It sounds incredible. It's also really important what you're doing. I mean, having these kind of things where we're having conversations and open debates where it's not, where they are all queer voices, we're all queer perspectives. Because you need, I mean, to hear those stories and to think about it, it's kind of, that's that's what you need. I think a lot of the things that are happening in politics right now and in law reforms and things, think of us as statistics and think of us as brackets and think of us as certain uh, stereotypes, a lot of which are debunked and outdated and horrendous to listen to. But the idea of things being debated without queer voices being at the forefront of it, it's like this needs to be... This needs to be more frequent and it's more It's a platform common. and I, I, that's something I'm the most proud of. And I should say as well, just not a little plug, 49 countries downloaded everyone. So, Woo! you know, we are, we are, we're being listened to in countries where there are no queer rights. And for me, even if it's small download numbers, if that helps one person, Don't you know, me. and someone tells their story and we elevate those voices, that's a privilege. So, I you think- know. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I think, yeah, and testament to you for doing it, the, the kind of, I think a lot of us grew up in the time whenever there wasn't any queer representation and we kind of shamefully watched things at late at night under the covers. Um, but no, there is that thing, and, and I think that that's the biggest thing for me, despite it feeling like we may be rewinding and going backwards on things, we are progressing, and the, the sort of younger people are not having to deal with, in a lot of cases, the shame and the kind of just normal, like normativity of this shame, this level of shame you have as a queer person. What, what was it called when we were growing up? The, the, bury, the bury the gay trope? Every bit of media that we had in like the late 90s and early 2000s was always like a sad story. Uh, they're going to die. They're going to do this. They've got AIDS, so they're going to die. Like, it, honestly, like, uh, obviously things like It's a Sin are really important for history, but it was in like the mainstream media. I remember seeing something on Holby City with my mum and uh, it was played by Will Meller. Cute. Hot. Um, Q back in the day. Sorry, Will, but... Still oh, no, now. he still is. Oh, no, Come still, on. He'd still get it. Yeah, but I, I know your taste in man, Andrew. Will Meller. Um, <laughs> and it, so basically he had like a fight and he fell off a boat and like almost died and stuff. But, well, no, he did die. And it, I just remember saying, is that what the story is for every Spoiler. queer person? Yeah. Like, are we all just going to have tragedy. misery and tragedy? Yeah. So I'm so glad that things like Heartstopper, um, where it's an authentic story and it's actually, you know what, they still have the struggles, but you can see the differences from when we would have grown up. It's really hard when I'm 18. Um, but, <laughs> um, you know, so it, it is, 
it is reaffirming that actually the, the work that we all put in uh, might, be, might be getting somewhere. I think that's so true as well because I've done, um, I did a, a BBC interview with a radio station and they said, oh, why do, you, why do we need another queer book? And it, it was just like mind-blowing that someone would even ask that and it just... We need just, more. Exactly. Why do we need another self-help book? Why do we need another... Yeah. Book that's horrendous. Autobiography. But yeah, it's, and it's just Yeah, celebrity crazy. shit. Like, yeah. do, does Katie Price exactly. need 57 books? I Sorry, mean, Katie, but yes. you know. Absolutely, I'm waiting for the next one. <laughs> Will Miller. <laughs> Will but, Miller's book, yeah. But it's so true. It's true yeah. I, I, yeah. I, did, I did an interview a few weeks ago, and actually the, the person interviewing me, Sarah Grohl for BBC Sussex, was so, so lovely, and I really hoped to do some more stuff with her. And she was saying that, you know, really intrigued. We have pride, and we, you know, what, you know, let's talk about queer shame. What, what does that mean? And... You know, she was really open about it and said, look, you know, I've got teenagers. They, they've talked to me about the fact that things are more accepting at school, but actually there are still situations where people are being bullied and you assume that if you're... I think this is the thing with anything with allyship. If, if something doesn't necessarily affect you or it's not in your immediate circle, whether it be sexuality, gender, race, unless you really put yourself out there and educate yourself, I think you've become a bit blind to it. You don't really know what's kind of going on. And I think that, you know that situation in itself was, you know, she wanted to learn more and she said, look, to her son, what's kind of going on at school? What are the situations? And when we had our interview, she was like, you know, this is really important. We have to keep talking about it. So I think people just expanding their horizons and opening up the conversation is a good thing. Um, And that's where we need to step in because unfortunately in the world of social media and algorithms, if you're fitting a certain track, you're only going to see a certain track. Example of... uh, Anyone know Let Loose by Luke Ledu- Lucy LaDuca? No? Let Loose. So she was all over TikTok, YouTube, everything. Um, but it was only like rank 400 on like Twitter, TikTok, anything like that. But if you speak to a gay person, majority of them will know what it is. Um, and, you know, it's, it's really, it's really important. Oh, yeah, but Andrew, you need to get with the times. Um, so... Um, <laughs> But it's really important to remember that, that we're, we are controlled by a lot of the, a lot of the media that we see. Yeah. So it is important that we speak about things, promote things correctly, put it into Instagram so we can get our point across. But also, don't be mad if someone actually hasn't heard of any of this because they a lot of people's news feeds nowadays, unfortunately, is Facebook, and that's a wrong thing. Um, so, you know, we, we, can't, we can't be... Um, too angry at it when we're always controlled by what we see on our phones yeah absolutely so we need to we also need to step up and keep promoting yeah be the voices we want to change exactly celebrity allyship so i am on the fence with this one because why am i on the fence with this one i think this is right okay this is my thought I think that to be a celebrity ally, you can have great allies out there, don't get me wrong, and definitely allies in our community. But I feel that there are a lot of award shows or magazines that give out awards to best celebrity ally. And it could be a singer, it could be a film person, someone that's just random shit. And I don't know how I feel about it because for me, it's like you can be an ally and you can say, yeah, I believe in this cause and I'm going to speak out about it. But if you've not had the lived experience, is it just a nice thing to have to say, yeah, I champion trans rights, for example. But then if you're not a trans person, you've never had to live that experience or be in the queer community. Do you really understand the whole 
facet of what's kind of going on. So I'm a bit on the fence and I'm really interested to know all of your views on celebrity allyship. I don't know if I... I'm trying to think of who professes to be a, celeb- a celebrity ally. But David Beckham. Who does? I, yeah, David, I, Beckham. Oh, David, David Beckham. David Beckham. But uh, Mel C, who uh, oh. is not... Um, <laughs> just put it out there if she turns down a podcast and then goes to another one that pays her lots of money then no sorry you're not but she well, was actually she was actually voted attitudes ally ally last year only if there's money yeah. there bitch so I, w- I actually two stories about I was very fortunate to go to the attitude you awards you went last year I went it was, fa- it was fabulous but Melcy was there and she was with Sink the Pink which made it a lot more gay so it was fabulous um, it was Sink the Pink's return performance or something I mean she talked the right talk like it, it it didn't felt it didn't feel disingenuous um but i get what you're saying like i mean i don't know her and i don't know what she's done so, and I don't so know, maybe this is I my, know, my beef much... right so i so okay like, i'm gonna be like right so oh tell me what okay is it? it's so drama. i have been a melanie c fan since 1996 gorgeous i'm that old and i met her on a one minute video call in lockdown <laughs> we had a little chat which is very nice and she is an ally. And I said to her, I got in touch with her management team and I got in touch with her people and said, I have an amazing podcast. It would be incredible. She's performing at Brighton Pride. It would be absolutely incredible to be able to interview her and talk about her affiliation with the community, allyship, blah, blah, blah. And I got a standard response back saying, I'm sorry, Manly's not doing any interviews. But if you go onto YouTube, she's doing lots of podcasts and lots of interviews with people that are paying her. So I just feel a little bit annoyed because I'm a fan. I'm, this is beef, right? This is, and a queer person. And I kind of feel like if you are... An, an, look, I get she has a massive celebrity status, right? I get that. And I, and I think that what she's done with... Well, she... I mean, you know, she's sold a lot of records, but she's obviously worked with Sink the Pink. She's then... And she's talked about, you know, how it's made her more accepting of herself. And I kind of feel like that's a bit of a privilege to say that because it's like, great, you've worked with drag queens and you've worked with, you know, the queer community. But have you really had the same struggle that the queer community has had? I think I, that's I think that's right. I think, I, yes, it does smack of kind of that, you know, privilege of, oh, and I've, I've heard, I mean, Sorry. I guess we've all heard people come up on podiums and say, oh, I do this for you. It's for you guys. Like, this is for you. It's all for you. It's for their bank balance. But it, at the end of the day, it's a bit, it is, I mean, these people are businesses and they run as businesses. And I think that it is joyous to see some celebrities who are very down to earth, very open and very honest about what they support and what they don't. And they put their money behind it. They put their voice behind it. I think the fact that certain people do certain things and go to Pride events, go and you know some oh, of it getting is for, paid for it some, i mean christina no, 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 aguilera I, I, last year how much did she get for doing brian pride yes that, hundreds of thousands true, of pounds true story and but, she was shit wasn't she i mean no, I, think, I was living i think we could i was living too i think we <laughs> could talk about the whole corporate side of pride events separately because it, it is a business and they are generating money and bringing money in but um i do have another so the, the mel c was okay she sounded genuine from my perspective i don't know whatever she didn't say anything that got me a bit on edge like oh that sounds like you've been scripted she sounded genuinely like on our side um whether she is or she isn't i hate her now because she didn't come on your podcast by the way um i, I still love her but i just i'll tell you who else was there so bizarrely this person got <laughs> came on on stage uh I'll tell you who they were. It was Ellie Goulding. Is that her name? The one that sings like a dolphin. I'll ask the question. Has anyone heard her do anything? Go on, on uh, marches for us? 
say anything remotely queer? No. Um, the only thing I heard about was, wasn't she uh, shagging one of 1D at one point? Anyway, she came on stage and did this new single, and we were all a bit like, oh, I haven't seen her in a while. That outfit's nice. And then <laughs> later on in the show, uh, the host uh, announced Ally of the Year. And who did it go to? Ellie Goulding. And Ellie Goulding comes trotting out. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? You can't. So obviously you were called up. You said you were going to get an Ally Award. And you thought, okay, I'll, do, I'll plug my new single and I'll say I've got a new album out. And that to me was just, I think all of us were kind of a bit like, I mean, not to speak ill of the dead. Oh, she's not dead. Not to speak... <laughs> Not to speak ill of, not to speak ill of the. Terry's about to kill someone. <laughs> um, but it did. Do you know what? And that was that was one moment where, just when you say the word celebrity ally, that's one moment where I looked and I just went, "Wow, that has nothing to do with us. Yeah, that is absolutely nothing to do with us. That is, you've got an album coming up. You're doing press release. You're doing shows. You've got the Attitude Awards. You thought you'd come out, and she literally said, "Oh, this is for you guys. I've I've always loved you. You've always always supported my career. It was that. It was very that. What do you think about it? I think I agree with the Ellie thing. Um, I've heard a lot of things about her, so I won't comment, actually. Um, Spill it, sis. No. After. Uh, yeah, after. Um, but the, going back to the Mel C thing, I, I actually have to, I disagree. I think she is an ally. Um, I think I'm sure you got a response from the management, probably more than anything, and she probably doesn't get half that shit. So um, I think that she's very busy and she, I've interviewed her before. She's lovely and she definitely is an ally to the community. Fuming. I'm absolutely fuming. You've interviewed her. I <laughs> mean, it was uh, not just for like a friend chat and I think it was okay. like, it was a paid opportunity for her. So, well, this, <laughs> so yeah. She, I, I think she is an ally and I think you can still be an ally just because you're being paid for something. It's about showing up and showing support and do you donate? Do you do things? And I think that's where like the David Beckham thing comes. Like he literally took money from a, a, yes. something that is very anti us yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and refused to sort of answer the call to action that everyone was putting out. Um, and that, for me, shows more um, than someone actually turning Dude. down a, a podcast or something like that, which is a shame. A hundred percent, I agree. Yeah, I, I still we, love, I still love her, but I just, you know, I just wanted to step. I think it was, the Mel C podcast. I think it was, I think it was just, it was a bit of like a childhood. Like, I was a bit crushed. I was a bit yeah. like, oh, I just, I love you so much. Don't and, meet your idols. Sorry, well, yeah. why, Don't meet you. why did you, why did you have a one minute Zoom with her though? She did. A, so basically, she released an album, and because it was in lockdown they had a online concert and then they did like, you could pay to do a, a one minute Love thing. that. What did it, you wear? My Spice Girls t-shirt. Yeah. Of course. I'm so- I must have missed that album. <laughs> oh my God. The shame. Brutal. It was actually a really good album. I mean, I have to say, it was a really fucking good album. Yeah. But yeah, I was a little bit miffed. But you're right. Maybe it was, you know, I'm being a bit harsh. It was probably the management company. They're filtering out her requests. I think, yeah. I think it goes Nelsie, back to- if you hear this, she won't hear it. Touch, Call okay? us. We Call love us. you. But I think it goes back to um, tokenism and yeah. Ellie Goulding. Obviously, yeah. I've heard a lot about Ken, but. I mean, I think it's about showing up, but repeating as well. And it's like, what else are you doing? What yeah, else I think are you... We, I think we also need to be really careful on the flip side of it, though, about, you know, trying to prove that someone's not or trying to be, like, except for Ellie. Yeah, um, yeah. To try to really... Because I think that there's a lot of times that we kind of um, create a cross for our back where we kind of are seen as this kind of community of people who are uh, feel attacked or feel victimized or feel this or feel that. We're a fucking strong, diverse, 
intelligent, forceful group of people. I mean, it's not, I hate this whole notion of being painted as something that is in any way kind of weak. And I don't mean that in terms of we are victimized and attacked, but we're not fucking weak and we're not fucking stupid. And I think that we know whenever something sniffs of, of, <laughs> of insincerity, and I think we can all kind of see what's authentic and not a lot of us, um, but we have to be careful not to feel like, oh, you're only doing that for this. And I think the whole, the whole queer baiting thing is a huge part of that. Like I'm very, whenever someone talks about queer bidding unless it is something that's quite obviously queer bidding it's like jesus christ just leave it like don't don't attack people who are just trying to live their lives whether they're straight not straight or somewhere in between you know what i mean do you think that do you think that like magazines or like like the attitude awards for example do you think that there is enough thought that goes into those type of awards and and i i know you've got to be careful as well because you write for them sometimes and but I'd say in my experience, the rest of them, yes. And that was joyous. And it was really, it was one of those times where it just felt completely uplifting. It felt like a really uh, joyous, uh, celebratory space. That was the only moment in the whole thing where, and I think a few people would attest to it, where we, we kind of just went, oh, I didn't know that. What, what's this? And then I, and I actually actively then looked to see if she was. or. Yeah. I think as well, like a lot of thought and planning goes into these events and awards and stuff like that. And it is done by queer people. So, of course, that is in mind and that is thinking. But they might make mistakes, follow money, who knows. But I think that predominantly so much thought, so much um, sort of uh, feeling goes into these sort of things. And it's it's received really well. And it's good for the community as well. They raise yeah, money. And stuff. I, I would definitely agree with that. I mean, Attitude has been there for as long as I can remember. Um, as a little gay kid looking at the, the covers of the magazines thinking, oh, what's that? And it's like Maxi from Skins. Oh, um, and, and I think that's Ugh. a positive thing. So, <laughs> exactly. Um, and it is run by queer people. You're absolutely right. So <clears throat> if it has the intention, perfect. But you do get the the money spinners um, such as, oh, who's, um, who's playing Pride? Oh, that's right, Black Eyed Peas. Um, no, we're not having that because uh, if, you, if you're going to play... Qatar and Dubai and all the rest of it. Um, no, sorry. And there was a, you know, again, a few weeks ago, I don't know if you saw it, there was this post on um, Brighton and Hove Pride for in, on Instagram all about how much the Black Eyed had been allies and all of their different uh, things they'd done. And did you, did you see that? This, I... I'm on the fa- I don't I don't agree or not agree with them being in it. I, I mean it is what it is they're part of the lineup but I don't think that it sh- they should be pitched as the most um ally band or pop group of mm. all time by any stretch of the imagination but I think it goes back to my point before where it's like we just need to be careful about who we kind of um, get outraged by or get, I mean, the, the focus tends to shift away from the people who are actually doing active harm yeah. and people who are supporting things. And like you say, they performed in, uh, a lot of people do though, a lot of, I mean, Beyonce performing guitar, like a lot of people do these things for money. And a lot of the times it's to do with management, it's to do with schedules, do whatever. And I get that the forefront of their mind is not always, what can I do for the queer community if they don't have that experience and they aren't part of that. It should be, it should be on their mind and it should definitely be on their management's mind because it's a business and businesses today should not be able to exist if they don't have an inclusive policy, a way to, a way to donate and give towards the audience that are giving them money, which a lot of them are the queer community. You know? and, a, and a lot of those people will get, get, get paid, so yeah. uh, who, who will be queer. And I think a great example of that is um, JK Rowling and the monstrosity that she is. Um, 
But there was a, re- a recent game um, that came out called Hogwarts Legacy. Mario Kart was a massive fan of it. And um, Shady boots. It, it, I personally haven't bought it, but for those who did buy it, there was a big debate online. I'm really into my video games. Uh, if you bought this game, you're transphobic, you're this, this, and this. And we're all very quick to judge. But actually, you've got to think of the the work that went behind it to actually make sure that one JK didn't have her perspective on it. And actually there was a lot of queer people that are on there who are trying to get paid, trying to get jobs and and they're working hard in it. And they're the ones that are going to really profit from it. So they can go on to the next project that might actually be a bit better. And I think people lose sight of that. Again, if you're talking about allyship and community, it's got to come from with us to start off with and uh, fighting the, the, the good fight rather than, uh, sometimes worrying about the, the small stuff. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, amazing. Thank you. Um, Daniel, you wrote an amazing book. Thank you. I read last year on Grand Canaria. It's very, very good. Uh, Gay Man Talking, All the Conversations We Never Had. Um, can you tell the audience about your book and give it a little plug, which is on sale today as well? <laughs> um, well, it's about a collection of conversations that we don't have enough of. Um, I went on this sort of journey um, where... Often when you come out, I feel like you stop having conversations rather than start. You come out and then you sort of, a lot of people that I had experienced sweep it under the carpet because they want to move forward and um, don't actually have those conversations. And the book, the premise is all about actually opening up those conversations in a two-way street, hearing what the other person has to say, whether it's your school bully, whether it's um, your first love, your parents. Um, And it went on a quest to sort of, uncover like who we are a little bit more and to encourage people to actually talk because I actually think for a community that are so chatty all the time we don't actually talk enough about our feelings or um how hard our struggles were um and despite like a lot of people some people have said oh you haven't had it hard you've only done this and this and this and it's just like what your internalized feelings are should never get taken away from you and I think everyone's got personal struggles and everyone should talk about that and I mean the book uncovers some stuff that I never knew about my dad um on his feelings I thought he was really accepting and stuff and he struggled and I think this is going back to the earlier thing about being an ally I think it's fine to have a struggle and make mistakes and perhaps not be an ally at first but it's about asking the right questions having conversations and finding that way back and that's what the book sort of hopes to inspire people to go and have those safe conversations didn't you if I remember correctly didn't you go to like a, a mock conversion therapy and they blamed your sister for being for you being gay they did that yeah. was for um, an article um, I went through conversion therapy um, wow which was hideous um, and yeah they, they blamed every sort of female in my life basically and said that my sister turned me gay it must have been the influence um, of playing with her Barbies um, that was my decision um, <laughs> And you will play with these Barbies. Yeah, I still do. Um, but yeah, so, and they just played on obviously stereotypes and stupid things. But yeah, it's horrible to go through. But It is an amazing book. And I mean, we were talking about this earlier. You also link in with a therapist within the book and you get like a um, therapeutic is the right word, kind of opinion on some of the topics. And I thought it was really good to kind of have your view, have the conversations, but also then have an expert opinion as well. So I would really encourage everyone to take a look at the book. It's absolutely incredible. And we've got a few copies here tonight. Um, but if you want it and you can't get it, you can obviously buy it online. But yeah, it was incredible. I'm sold. 
It's it's so good. It's so so good. Do you, I mean? Do you think as well? Talking about allyship and community. I mean, you've had some great feedback on this book, and like every time I look at your Insta, there's all you're always in a bookshop somewhere around the world, and the books there. Do you it's just good promoting? <laughs> do you feel that it um, a sense of community from having written this book and getting the feedback and. That's interesting, actually, because I was um, reading negative reviews because I think it's really important that you do that to bring yourself down. Um, but um, <laughs> it's all I read. Yeah, literally. Sorry about that. I mean, fu- <laughs> fuck the good ones, but the bad ones, actually, yeah. Um, and actually, the amount of um, ones that came from um, gay men who um, were basically saying that it wasn't for them, trash talking it, um, don't believe them. Um, but yeah, it was it was incredible. I just thought, yeah, it goes back to saying, like, if you've got nothing nice to say, some people just troll online. And I think our community does that a lot. And I have, have a lot of um, people who have come off Twitter because of it. Um, and especially for the trans community, it's awful. But I mean, I think that it hasn't been 100% well received by the community, which is shocking because... You don't have to like something like we don't like everything. We don't like everything we read or write. Um, but to support the community is so important. And hopefully this book is supporting the community, encouraging conversations. It comes from a good place. So I can't even fathom why people would trash talk or another. Uh, there's books that I've read and haven't enjoyed, but I support them and um, would say, yeah, good for you. You're showing something, another side to us. What I loved about it as well is that, you know, I think we talked about gender, we've talked about this before, gender identity and how you see yourself in the community. And I definitely, you know, don't identify as a gay man, I would say. I think my gender and my how I see myself is very different from when I first came out. But there was so much in the book that I resonated with. And I think that's what I loved about it. I wasn't put off by the title. I felt that it's all about that kind of shared experience, about going through something, you know, having conversations, identifying who you are as people and sharing those experiences with people as well. And I felt that that was, regardless of where you are in your life and who you are, you can get something from it. So I definitely would encourage everyone to take a look. It was really, really amazing. Thank you. Yeah. So um, I think we're heading to an interval. Um, okay, one question. If you had any advice to anyone who wanted to be a better ally in our community or outside of our community, what would that be? And I'll start with you, Cherry. Uh ask more questions and be more interested i would say and not in a creepy way i mean more in a kind of i don't know i've i think i'm in a weird headspace at the minute as well like we talked about kind of our gender journey sexual journey that kind of thing and for me it's kind of uh, i equally i think we all kind of we live in a very heteronormative world we're all it's kind of people talk about how queer literature or queer forward stories or queer representation is going to affect children and I mean we've obviously all survived a world of heteronormativity so I think that the indoctrination is really on the flip side not on our side um, and once you sort of see that from that our perspective it's it's quite obvious what needs to happen it just needs to everything needs to be a bit more equal um, I've forgotten the question already uh, <laughs> I think it was just how you could... Any I was advice. only supposed to be here for my Gel Neal appointment, babe. I mixed up my Mondays, so... <laughs> advice for allyship. What are doing? But I think, um, I think you've, allyship, I think you've yeah. kind of answered it. I think you've given a good... No, it, I mean, it is. It's about... Because uh, for me, as, I mean, as a human, as a fucking person, you want... Are we allowed to swear? Yeah. Oh, like, cunt. Yeah. Um, you're... <laughs> as a person, you should want to... I mean, we're curious 
animals, we're curious beings. And it astounds me the people who are so entrenched in a system, a binary system, uh, a kind of heteronormative system that they can't see beyond the blinkers. And for me, my world and my mental health has massively enlarged and improved by asking more questions, asking more questions of myself, and then broadening my horizons with my group of friends and the people who are around me because the people who are around you are the ones who educate you and the ones who support you and make Your you feel safe. Your tribe is so important. But, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm going to jump in there and kind of give my answer at the same time then. So, yes, ask questions. But my, my, one of my biggest bugbears is then not to accept the answer. So, like, my biggest advice would be is to sometimes, if you don't understand it, don't always just clap back or just say, like, oh, I don't get that. Just take it in for a minute. And sometimes it's going to take a while. It took my mum a long time to accept who I am. And maybe sometimes even today she still struggles. Um, and, and that's okay, but sometimes just take a moment just to sink in what's just been said, because you're absolutely right. We live in a binary that is, it, we're, we're here to push that binary, that non-binary. Oh, um, so yeah, that, that's where I will come in with my, with mine. It's just, it just sink it in and take in what's just been said. Even if you don't get it, just pause. It is what it is. Yeah, I'm going to change my answer because his was better. So, um, <laughs> so also, don't ask me questions and don't seem interested. That's not what I want. No, my uh, <laughs> the, the asking questions bit, I guess, is ask questions of yourself and ask questions of people around you. But I think the important thing, which I didn't say, was educate yourself. And I think yeah. that's what I sort of alluded to earlier. Like, I am always trying to learn from people, and we all fuck up. We all make mistakes within our own. You know, we're all kind of learning how to navigate life and i think if you educate yourself and, and learn from other people's lived experience then you you're, you're going to become a better ally you're going to become a better person full stop you know and i think as well the thing that i've learned over the years is just to stop giving yourself a hard time if you get things wrong don't shame yourself yeah. don't give yourself a hard time just kind of go okay i'm learning i'm getting there i'll make mistakes but actually if i'm respectful and i'm doing a decent thing in my heart i know that i'm doing what i i want to do there doesn't need to be any shame or kind of hurt against yourself yeah. because if you've got that block up, then you're, you're kind of not going to help anyone, are you? So, And it's also quite interesting, the, the question about what advice would you give because it's interesting how many people have advice to give yeah, opinions. Yeah. And I think that for me, I'm quite uncomfortable doing it because a lot of the times your advice is kind of a disguised opinion yeah. that you think is right and that you're yeah. putting someone so I think it is it's advising someone how to be a little bit more a little bit more open-minded I think yeah what about you Dan I think that just goes on to say like um to keep on challenging that advice as well because we change and that advice changes and the conversation changes and I think it's just to keep on asking don't just stop um when you think you've got your answer because that answer might change in years to come so it's just keep on educating I think that goes for all of us as people. I mean, we, when we talked on the podcast last year, we were talking about actually identity and actually how how we see ourselves right now in 10 years, yeah. that might change. And I think that sometimes feels scary, but actually I think it's a gift. Like the more you evolve as a person, it just expands your horizons in terms of your connections and how you see yourself and, you know. If you don't mind me saying, I've, I've obviously known you since you've, you've moved to Brighton yeah. and to see to see your change and how far you've become through through doing the podcast and the conversation you've had um, <laughs> and hearing about your past and everything that's happened like you can change you can change your perspective and that's 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 what's amazing about it you don't need to be stuck in one lane oh that's really kind thank you 
I won't cry on this episode, thank you. <laughs> um, okay, so I think we're going to take uh, uh, an interval. I've got some books to sell, so please come along to my bookshop where I can use my chip and pin machine. I'm very excited once again to use it. And uh, we'll come back in half an hour and we'll do an audience Q&A, but big round of applause for my guests. The conversation doesn't stop here. Check out the next part of this podcast episode on your streaming platform. You will not be disappointed. I really hope you enjoyed the show. A big thank you once again to all my guests. Please share the podcast, give it a five-star review if you'd like, and leave any comments you may have. You can also follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok for all the latest updates on Queer I Am, the podcast. Also, check out my website, www.fluiactually.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.